1: You have a need. You say, "Well, I've never been to a place like that." Oh, you will. You'll come to a dead end, and you don't care what anybody says. You don't care what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter about your job anymore. The only thing that matters is the problem in front of you. See, that's the way the life is for believers and unbelievers. And sometimes, as believers, we're, we're simply too proud. To admit we have a need.
0: Whether great, small, immediate, or long term, each and every one of us is met with needs as we progress through life. From financial, medical, or even emotional, there comes a time where we just can't seem to meet our own needs. Due to the prideful nature of the human heart, we sometimes put off the call for help a little longer than necessary. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark reflects on Jairus' humble cry for Jesus to heal his daughter. In our study, we learned that although it might be the most difficult or even sacrificial call, the call to Jesus is the most important one we can make. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, Impossible is an
1: Oxymoron. We've been talking about a lot of changes, and there's a word that fits our teaching today really to a T. It's called an oxymoron. You know what an oxymoron is? It's simply a figure of speech. One or two words put together just simply don't make sense. Here's some that you can take a look at today. A healthy tan. She's pretty ugly. You need to act naturally when the relatives come over for Christmas. Here's one for those of you, and if you're from England, don't email me. This is just fun. British fashion. For those young kids here, rap is music. Do you clearly misunderstand me? Some of you have a sign in your yard right now that says, clean dirt wanted. Well, how many ate turkey ham this week? Some of us. And here's one that's definitely an oxymoron, United Nations. Sharp curve. The last one fits a lot of you. For you, good morning is definitely, doesn't make a bit of sense. It's morning, but it couldn't be good. Why? Because you don't like to get up until about 10, 30, 11. How many of those are out there? Come on, be honest with me. You're, you're like a late... You stay up forever, but you don't want to get up early. Let me see your hand again. You're married to somebody that likes to get up at 4.30, don't you? I don't know how you ever had kids, but somehow you managed it together. Well, what we're talking about today is not any of these. It's simply... Well, it's a one word that I've split. Here it is. Impossible impossible is a well it's an oxymoron not for you not for me but for God when Jesus was born on that night there was an incredible scripture that fit this perfectly nothing is impossible with God here was a baby born immaculate conception Uh, fully man and fully God that's impossible impossible but he was born. Now, we've been talking about changes. A lot of changes in our lives. I gave you some CCs. Let's take a look at what we've gone through. change lives. We've talked about some CCs, and we won't go through all of those today. But remember, as you become a Christian, there's going to be a change. We're watching Jesus change life after life after life, and it's incredibly exciting. Well, there's change in character and conduct. It's not a one-time change, but it's a constant change, being filled with the Spirit, having the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, constantly changing in our life to think and to be and to minister like Jesus. And then, well, there's a new C for us today, cured, healed, delivered. We're going to see four specific individual cases where people's lives radically are changed. You see, in those days, it was... Well, it was very exciting to watch Jesus. The disciples before Jesus were stuck in a dead-end religion. Nothing really was taking place. But here they are today watching their life change and so many other varied lives change. That's why you and I are here this morning. Let's begin in verse 18. While he was saying this, and you remember what Jesus was saying was all about Well, it was all about flexible wineskins, being changed, not being too old. If you missed last week's teaching, you need to get it. I got a great email this week from somebody in our fellowship. And this lady said, thank you for the teaching on a new wineskin that God has to have us thinking differently. The message never changes, but the methods change. And and boy, I, I didn't get it till today. And she gave me her background, the church she went to, and she said, I didn't realize that we need to be flexible and open to God doing new things. It's going to stretch us. And she said, I have to say to you, Pastor Mike, I finally got it today. Thank you so much. Sign, whatever her name was, I won't say it this morning, 77 years old. Yes! You say, that's impossible. No, it Now, with God. She realized at that age that she still has to remain flexible. Well, while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Now, remember Matthew, he's a Jew. He has a motive for writing the book of Matthew it's to get right to the core of proving that Jesus is the Messiah. He's not in the detail. He doesn't go into the details of the story. He wants to go to the core of the story and prove that Jesus is the Messiah. So in these particular passages that we're going to study today, Mark and Luke add a lot of the other facts that Matthew doesn't go to. So we'll be going back and forth, in fact, once you're going to turn to the book of Luke. Take a look here what really took place with a little more detail of what Matthew just gave us. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, and seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her, so that she will be healed and live. First thing I want you to write today is this, Jesus was approachable. We need to imitate him. You see, in the city where Jesus made his headquarters, Capernaum, was this man named Jairus. He's a leader of the local synagogue. What does he do? Well, he probably supervised the worship services. He's well known in the community, has a lot of money, he's well respected. He may even be a Pharisee. Now with that, I want to ask you something. Why would he come to Jesus? Well, he comes to Jesus because of this. One day in Jairus' life, none of the material things mattered anymore. Because the day he woke up, his 12-year-old daughter was at the point of death. Now, why does he come to Jesus? Well, he comes to Jesus because, well, the synagogue has nothing for him. Religion has no solution for this impossible problem. And he, he risks everything... To come to Jesus. You see, Jesus was the only source to his problem. Now that's unusual because, well, actually he's Jewish. He's a leader in the synagogue. Most of the Jewish leaders were against Jesus. But he didn't care about his job. He didn't care about his reputation. He didn't care what people would think. He came to Jesus in a very interesting way. The Bible says that he came through this crowd and fell at the feet of Jesus. He swallowed his pride. He didn't care what anybody thought. How about you this morning? When you have a need, you say, well, I've never been to a place like that. Oh, you will. You'll come to a dead end. And you don't care what anybody says. You don't care what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter about your job anymore. The only thing that matters is the problem in front of you. See, that's the way the life is for believers and unbelievers. And sometimes as believers, we're, we're simply too proud to admit we have a need. And when we're too proud, the Bible says we have not because we... You see, he comes and he pleads with Jesus... Somehow he knows about Jesus. He says, if you'll just touch her, she'll be well. We don't know where he got that faith, but he believed it. And he humbled himself enough to, number one, admit he had a need. Number two, to come to Jesus, the only solution to his problem. Times have not changed. There's only one person that can solve all of your problems. It's Jesus. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this man comes, and he just swallows his pride, and he offers himself, and he has come to a, a dead end, a hopeless situation. You will have those in your life, and so will I, but everyone around us will. Second point to write today. Often people... During a personal crisis, well, they're going to seek God. Some of you came to Christ out of a need, a hopeless situation, some kind of issue. Who knows what it was? You see, it could be a sickness. It could be a loss of a job. It could be a marriage breaking up. It could be a phone call for you with some kind of a disease. And at that point, you begin to think, whoa. Whoa, all the rest of this stuff doesn't matter. Jairus came to that point. You see, when our children have a problem as parents, it's difficult, isn't it? As grandparents, it's even more so. And I have to say this because I'm a dad. Now, dads love their sons. I love my son. But dads who have daughters, that daughter gets around the dad's heart, doesn't it? Just something special. If somebody takes advantage of my daughter watch out. I don't care if I'm 5'7 and 140, buddy. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> because there's something special, isn't there? I love my son, but there's just something special. This is Jairus. You know, you have to be ready because people will come knocking on your door. They've come to a dead end. They're looking for a solution. Oh, you may have witnessed to them many times, and the door is always gently shut. But there will come a day. Don't give them a sermon. Give them your heart. Open up. Tell them that God is there for them. That's exactly what's happening here. See, Jairus, he heard about Jesus. We don't know how, but he believed. He had faith. What is faith? Let me remind you a simple definition. then we're going to talk about types of faith. Faith is simply the confidence that what God has said or promised will happen. Well, Jairus, being Jewish, he would have known Isaiah. He would have known that when Jesus stood in that little synagogue in Capernaum, his synagogue, maybe he was there that day, where Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And one of those areas was preaching, but one of those areas was healing doing supernatural things. Maybe that word stimulated faith. He's going against the grain of all the other religious rulers. It doesn't matter. God had begun to do a work in his heart. Well, in verse 19, we see what kind of faith he had. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Mark actually adds a large crowd followed and pressed around him. What kind of faith did he have? Well, Jairus had active faith. You see, he didn't just believe, but he put it into action. It wouldn't have done any good for Jairus to sit at home. Or maybe he's over here in the synagogue and he's in the synagogue and he's saying, I know Jesus can do this, but he doesn't come to Jesus. He doesn't come and approach him and say, come and heal my daughter. He just thinks it. He believes it. He knows it, but he never acts on his faith. You'll have an opportunity at the end of today to act on your faith. You see, it's not just belief, but it's belief in action. It's following through with the things that we can do and let God do the things that he can do. God encourages big prayers because it shows that we believe nothing is impossible. Well, verse 20 says, Just then, as they were headed to Jairus' home... A woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Now, instead of a sudden storm like Jairus' daughter, one morning she's fine, the next morning she's at death's door, this woman had been struggling for 12 years. Now, again, those of us that are guys, we don't understand, but women understand. Women understand. We're designed for the normal menstrual flow and all of those things that take place for women to have children. Well, something had gone wrong. We don't know specifically the, the, the problem, but probably uterine in nature. And month after month, and we don't know if it's every day, but most days she's bleeding. What would that cause her in her life? Would it affect anything? Well, number one, sexually, she wouldn't be able to bear children anymore. There'd be no intimacy probably with her husband. And many commentators even believe that probably her husband has left now. But more importantly than that, spiritually, according to Leviticus, a woman during that time of bleeding is unclean. And so she couldn't go to the synagogue. Anyone she touched would be unclean. Well, for those few days a month, that's one thing. But for every day for 12 years, she became an outcast. This is a small town. Everywhere she goes, she has to be careful not to touch people because if she touches them, then they're unclean. They have to go home. They have to bathe. They have to change clothes. They're not allowed to go to the synagogue. But more importantly than all of that, that physical part, she couldn't worship God in the synagogue. But really, she probably never felt like she wanted to. Why? Well, you know what blood is. It's the life force in our lives. That blood has... Well, red blood cells that attach the hemoglobin to it, and that that carries the oxygen that gives us energy. So this woman, well, she's always tired. She never feels good. Well, She makes her way to Jesus. She's trying to touch the edge of his garment or the tassels. She had an impossible situation, but she actually had faith that Jesus could cure her. We don't know where the faith came from, but she had it. Look at verse 21. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me give you an example today. In Jesus' time, the men would wear different kind of robes and things, and of course, the the holy men would wear different things and on the bottom of their robes would be these tassels usually four on a robe as you see there these tassels the little knots that you see were a reminder to the jews when they looked at it that that was the word of god they would be reminded of the word of god well this was all good and this was useful But over time, tradition slash superstition entered in. So by the time of Jesus, many Jewish people felt this, that a holy man or rabbi wearing his normal clothes, all you would have to do is touch the hem of his garment, the tassel. If you could just touch that, you would be healed. And so, that tradition superstition became an active part of people's lives. Notice what the woman says to herself. If I can only get to Jesus and touch the the hem of his garment. See, the healing, she believed, was here. Well, what kind of faith is that? Well, it's really... Imperfect faith. Because you're going to see in a moment, touching this doesn't heal anybody. The core of healing is always Jesus. Remember that. The person that you want to touch is not an elder. It's not a pastor. It's not a TV guy that says he's a healer. The person you want to touch is Jesus. Jesus is the healer. It isn't the olive oil when you're anointed with oil, as James says. It's Jesus. And so Jesus is going to clarify this imperfect faith. But she's mixed the good with that which isn't exactly right. But you know what's going to be incredible? Jesus is going to honor that mixed up faith. I love it. How many of you here this morning have perfect faith? None. None of us. So here's what you want to write. Be encouraged. Jesus even honors imperfect faith. That encourages me. Someone who says, believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. It's hard for us. Well, as she's praying this prayer and she reaches out, Matthew 22 reads like this. Jesus turned and saw her. Now, why do you think he did that? Do you think that when she saw this, watch me, she went, woof, wrapped it right off of him. No, she would have just what? Touched it. Now, with masses of people around you, would you have felt that? You'd have never felt it. But Jesus, it says, turned and saw her. Notice what he said to her. Take heart, daughter. My faith has healed you. Is that what it says? Whose faith? Faith of who? The faith of the woman. Her faith, what kind of faith did she have? Imperfect faith. She mixed it with superstition. Her faith, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from when? That moment, instantly. How is that possible? Only God. Only God. Actually, Mark says, notice, I have it for you and over it. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him not from the tassel but from who from Jesus at that moment the power of God faith got to Jesus and it wasn't this when his power went out he knew somebody had reached forth in faith and that's why he says to her notice Who touched my clothes? Now, here's the disciples. They're learners. They're trying to get this. I'm sure Peter said this next part. Peter says, Okay, Jesus, give us a little clue here. We're about 50 people around us right now. In the last two minutes, 30 of those people have rubbed up against you.
0: The prideful nature of man's heart is often the biggest stumbling block in our day-to-day lives. When it comes to calling out for help, we are sometimes met with an even bigger need than we started with, overcoming our pride. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of overcoming pride. In our message, we learned that whatever our needs may be, Christ is faithful to our call. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church, and today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Over the course of history since the founding of God's church, there have been many false doctrines regarding healing and provision. Whether it's a mix of superstition and faith or the greed of man's heart, these false doctrines steal glory from the God who is due it. In our next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will remind us that the core of our healing and provision comes from none other than Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: in a hurry.